0: Hi again, everybody, and welcome into the Black and Blue Report podcast series presented by SeatGeek. I'm Sean Kelly, and greetings from the Osher Sports Performance Center. Inside Studio B, a great guest today. Liam McHugh of NBC Sports will talk with us about this week's Sunday night football matchup featuring the New Orleans Saints and the Minnesota Vikings. We're so excited about the football game as both teams are on a winning streak, and obviously it's a marquee matchup, a rematch of last year's playoff game slash disaster depending on your point of view and uh, certainly goes a long way in helping us figure out who the favorites are at the top of the nfc liam McHugh and his crew will be on site in minneapolis to preview the game break down all the sunday action and of course get us set for the marquee broadcast of the sports week that's what sunday night football has become we'll discuss that with liam and a whole lot more Including a career now that finds him basically in the right chair for the biggest events on NBC Sports. That would include the NHL, the Olympics, Notre Dame football, and of course, Sunday night football on NBC. He's 41 years old, and of course, he has found his niche as a studio host, guiding analysts, setting us up for the big game. We're so pleased to have him as we learn more about Liam McHugh and what he sees. For the Saints and Vikings this week. So now, if you don't mind, a moment from Sanderson Farms before our visit this week with Liam McHugh. Who do we champion at the Sanderson Farms Championship? We champion the children of Mississippi. Each year, all championship proceeds go to charities across Mississippi, including Batson Children's Hospital. Join us October 22nd through 28th at the Country Club of Jackson, for first-class golf, fun, and good, honest Sanderson Farms chicken. All to raise money for charities like Friends of Children's Hospital. Visit sandersonfarmschampionship.com for your tickets today. This is the Black and Blue Report presented by Seatcake. Here's Sean Kelly. All right, as promised, Liam E.Q. joins us now on the Black and Blue Report. Liam, uh, first of all, Congratulations on all that you're uh, involved in right now this fall. I can't imagine how much busier you could possibly be. Did you ever envision yourself being this busy at this point in your career? Uh,
1: no, I think you just you hope eventually that it just you busy. But uh, uh, it, it's been a lot all at once, but it's great. And, uh, I mean, for me, uh, I'm just being in the studio, and now I get to travel and be in, you know, you know pack stadiums and really feel the energy go. So, uh, it's a lot, but it's all moving pretty quickly,
0: right? Yeah, I ran down all the things uh, in our intro today, and, and I didn't know what the first question I would ask you would be, but now that I've rattled off all these things, I do have to ask, Liam, do you have a photographic memory?
1: No, no, far from it. Uh, I, I wish I could borrow that from, uh, you know, my predecessors in this role, certainly Bob Costas as one, and uh, Mike Tirico. Uh, it seems to, when it comes to all things sports, uh he you know he's a walking talking encyclopedia so uh those guys are fantastic they seem to remember every little detail about everything i am not that and you can just ask my researchers because i'm sure that i'm working them a lot harder than either one of those two guys worked but uh uh, i'm writing things down trying to remember them and just trying to get them right out there
0: can you compartmentalize uh, the different things how have you learned to do that over the years
1: Uh, I think that's been uh, something I've I've definitely had to work on uh, over the years, you know, the idea that uh, you need to just do little by little and really in TV, I think at this point, it's segment by segment. Um, You know, you don't want to get caught up in looking at the end of the show when you're just starting. You want to make sure that you're taking things as they come and really... For my role, especially when I start uh, a show and I'm on there with Al and Chris, the last thing I want to be thinking about is how I'm getting out of this. Even, even the end of that particular segment, how I'm getting out of it. I just want to listen to that. I want to have a conversation, and I want to be able to go back and forth if they say something interesting. Because to me, that's more important. Uh, you know, Being in the moment, talking about football, and trying to bring people into that stadium to make them feel like they're there in the stands with, or at the desk with us and experiencing it the way we are.
0: In that sense, though, Liam, can you know too much? Can you take away some of the surprise by perhaps knowing too much going into a show?
1: I think that's possible. Um, It's a weird role, right? Because I'm on the show. I split time uh, with Mike, Tony, and Rodney in the studio. They have a little bit more time, certainly, because they're doing a little bit more of the X's and O's, and they're doing all the highlights of the day. But we're getting all the same research. We're getting all the same material. And... You go through it, and it's one of those things where you're you're certainly over-prepping, I, I guess, and in many, like, week in, week out, you're studying for tests that you may not ever take. But the truth is, if one of these facts comes out and Chris goes in a direction or Al goes in a direction that's unexpected, I want to be completely prepared to follow up on it, to push him a little bit further. So you can over-prepare. I think the idea is to over-prepare, but... You don't have to cram it all into the show. If it comes out organically and it works, then you use it. But just because you have the knowledge doesn't mean that you need to necessarily
0: spit it out. Good point. Uh, You and I are blessed in the sense that we both get to work with experts in their fields. Um, And I've had occasions where I've thought something was significant in my research or someone has pointed something out to me that I've wanted to pass along and yet one of those experts or analysts, as fans know them to be, um, has said to me, that's just not significant, or that just doesn't matter. They don't do it on the air, but in a rehearsal or prep time, they've mentioned those things. Has that been the case with you, and, and what sport would that be?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely was something uh, when I first started in hockey. Uh, you know, in I, 2011, I started hosting NHL Live uh, or NBCSN, which at that point was Versus, we were making the transition. And I worked with a lot of the same guys that I'm working with now in uh, Mike Milbury and Keith Jones. And, uh, you know, I was a fan of hockey, but certainly more of a casual fan. I was someone who covered all sports at that point. And now I was in, you know, more of a, uh, a hardcore hockey show where the fans are very knowledgeable, very passionate. So, I had questions, and I think the idea for me is always to ask these guys before you go on the air what they think of these things, because the truth is, I mean, I'd much rather be embarrassed in a meeting with them than be embarrassed, you know, on TV in front of, you know, hundreds of thousands and potentially millions of people watching. (laughs) But, you know, there's a give and take with that also, where I think there are some casual fans watching during the playoffs who want to know answers to basic questions so i think you can frame some of those questions a certain way so that everyone gets a deeper knowledge but that happened plenty in hockey and i'm lucky uh you know i've got great teammates at nbc I've had people that have really worked with me to help grow shows to help grow me as a host and i it still happens i mean it happens in the nfl it happens with chris and al week in week out i mean there's stuff that Uh, We'll talk about, we'll shape, we'll frame uh, at the beginning right before we go on air. And it's really, it goes right down to like the last minute or so before we're on air that we're still tinkering with some stuff. And I don't know, I'm I'm fortunate, very fortunate to work with the guys I work with that, you know, they collaborate in that way.
0: Liam, you also work at a network that I don't have any experience with. What is the NBC way?
1: The NBC way, Ah. It's interesting i mean i think it varies person to person but i think in the most part it's you want to entertain and inform all at once i don't think you are looking necessarily to go out into a show and uh you know have it be heavily one or the other where you're just saying they're trying uh, we've seen networks and we've seen shows that are just like hey we're gonna be all about fun and i'm i'm down with that it's sports it should be fun but at the same point, I think you need intelligent conversation there as well. And you want that nice mixture in there. But I think for me, you know, a big part of the NBC way is if something is going to be entertaining, I think it needs to happen organically. I like the idea that it's not manufactured, it's not uh, put out there in advance. And usually when that happens, is in the back and forth between the analysts and the hosts where someone says something a, a little strange or a little maybe off script or, you know, away from the outline that we had for the show. And you can react to that. And you can start, you can go with that rather than going with what was already formatted. That seems interesting in the moment. Let's take it there. Let's take it as far as we can. But then, of course, there are things we need to get in the show and we bring it back. So to me, I think a big part of it, big part of the NBC way is, is balance. And uh, it's something that I'm still working on. And it's something that I get feedback on constantly. And I think the big part of NBC is that we always say, if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. So you have to realize that even if you did a good show, there are things you can go back and you can improve upon. And that is an every single show process.
0: I'm not so sure the fans really care about why I asked you that. It's because I'm a broadcast <laughs> junkie, so I was being completely selfish um, in wanting to know what the NBC <laughs> way was. Uh, Liam, you and I are, are basically of a similar age and I think that you would agree as we were growing up, Monday night football was the big deal. It was the marquee game. It was the biggest, uh, sports mm-hmm. broadcast of the week during the fall and moving into the winter. I would say that Sunday night football now has eclipsed that and has taken that mantle over. Uh, if you agree with that, what sense do you have of that and, and why do you think that's happened?
1: Uh, I do agree with that. And, uh, I think a big part of it is really what this show has been over the last, you know, however many years, how it's developed. It's, it's, you know, the show of record, because you're coming off all these games and you get highlights, and you get analysis now more than just highlights really quickly on games that uh, either ended, the earlier ones, the 1 o'clock ones, or more importantly now, uh, you know, the 4 o'clock games. Those games are just ending, and not only are you getting, like, the update, the highlight, the score – but you're getting a couple guys at the desk who really can break it down in live time, uh, and then after that, it's you know it's a show that so many different people who are just excellent at what they do and passionate at what they do behind the scenes that no one ever hears about and no one ever sees. Uh, they work so hard all week long to put us in a position to produce such a great show and to you know show you things that you're not going to see other other places on other studio shows and I think that leads right into the broadcast of Sunday Night Football where Al you have Chris and you have Michelle you have in my mind the best team to call any game and uh you know I love the fact that with Al and Chris you get a couple guys that are so knowledgeable uh but at the same time it kind of feels like they're two guys at the bar talking about a game and you want that you definitely I I think you want to feel like you're Sort of eavesdropping on their conversation, but you're still seeing a great product. And let's face it, it doesn't hurt that it's blood scheduling. We're, give, we're giving you great games. I mean, you're getting a great game every week, and it feels like this is a point in viewing. And this week, this weekend is a great example of that. I mean, we're getting Minnesota and New Orleans, and you know the first game since the Minnesota miracle between these two teams. How do you not want to look forward to that?
0: The coaches and the players don't want to talk about it, Liam, but we can't help but do it. Why is that?
1: They don't want to talk about it.
0: It seems they want to put yeah, it in the past I know. already. I know. I
1: know. I mean, well, I think there's something to be said about the fact that if you you talk about just like Minnesota Miracle and the revenge aspect of that. Yeah,
0: I think I so. Mean, and the fact that Minnesota benefited from such a play because even Stefan Diggs doesn't want to talk about it at this point.
1: No, it's funny. I mean, I I think you've lived it and you've talked about it. You know, he said he's watched it a million, a gazillion. I think was his exact word. Uh, you know, he's watched it a gazillion times at this point. I'm sure everywhere he goes, he gets asked about it. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'd rather be in his shoes and be asked about it from his point of view than a few other people's point of view. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would say from the Saints' perspective, when they talk about that it's not a revenge game and that Ill, uh, there's no ill will or hard feelings, I actually I tend to believe it a little bit just because of the way it ended. You know, to me, it wasn't a particularly nasty game. It isn't the type of game where, you know, you felt like, I guess my feeling is you did enough to win. It feels odd, and maybe you feel empty inside that you didn't get the win, but you don't necessarily, you're not bitter to me, in my mind, about the other team. You're, you're just sort of, I would feel almost more confusion about the whole thing at this point, and maybe that's a little bit easier to move on from, Uh And now you're into this new season, you won five straight games. It'll be different when they get into that stadium. Uh, I I truly believe that. You get into that stadium, you see that spot on the 34-yard line where Diggs caught the ball and then turned upfield and went, and it's going to feel different. But at the same time, you're going to look over at Minnesota. Case Keenum's not there. Pat Shermer, who called the play, he's not there. And, hey, you're going to look on your sideline, and there's Teddy Bridgewater. So things look a lot different.
0: Yeah, they sure do. I, you know, in talking to Saints fans here this week, Liam, um, they seem to want to say, "Oh, you know, the national guys are just going to beat this thing to death on Sunday night." What would you say to that?
1: Well, listen, we're gonna we're gonna relive it. Uh, I mean, there's there's no doubt about it, and I think the idea is instead beating it to death. To me, is you're going right back to the same things that you've heard and seen over and over. And I think what we need to do and what we're going to do is give you a little bit of a fresh spin and you're going to hear, hopefully, some different perspectives on what happened in that moment and what happened right after. And you're going to ideally learn something and take something away that you didn't know before. Uh, But after that, we have a great matchup. We have two teams that, you know, I think are... They think that they're, you know they're going to compete for the Super Bowl. I, I truly believe that. You have a, a Saints team that's won 5 straight. You have a Minnesota team that's won 3 straight. Their defense seems to be waking up a little bit. And I don't know. I think we've got a great football game on our hands. And we have another potential, and I don't think necessarily we're going to get what we got in New England a few weeks ago, where we had 83 total points, 43-40, 30 scored in the fourth quarter. But you get another game with some potential fireworks with both of these offenses. So while we're going to look back, I think we're going to give you a fresh look back, and then we're going to move forward with a game that should be spectacular.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. And to me, it almost feels like a high-caliber division game. These two teams have seen each other now. This will be the third time since week one of a year ago. It's, it's amazing. Uh, Leon, is there a, a player in particular that you're excited to see in person or that has caught your eye in this matchup over their course of work this year?
1: I think from the Minnesota side, it's hard not to say Adam Thielen. You know, I mean, given what he's done this season, all the 100-yard gains, uh, all the yards, all the catches. Uh, but, you know, his story is incredible, obviously. This is a guy who was, you know, barely recruited out of high school, goes to Minnesota State, uh, you know, who, who was uh, considering an internship to sell medical supplies. Uh, a guy I spoke to it over the summer who told me that, you know, not only was he considering it, but when he told them that he was... You know, going to the Vikings for a tryout, they're like, "Hey, you know, keep our number." The, you know, there's a good chance that whole thing won't work out. You'll be back here. And he said, "Oh, okay, yeah, I'll hang on to that." Um, it's obviously worked out pretty well for him. So, I'm looking forward to watching him. And uh, I think he's got the physical skills. He's you know, he's surprisingly big. Uh, he's surprisingly fast. He's got great hands. And more than that, you know, you watch him play, and in traffic, the catches, he's got you know, extreme, extreme concentration. So I'm excited to watch him, and I'm just going to go with the headline here. I'm pumped to watch Breeze, uh, very pumped, because here's a guy who's getting up there in years, who's still getting it done, but I like the fact that he's getting it done in different ways. Uh, he's so smart. He's so patient with the football. But I think what most impresses me right now is the fact that at this age, he still got some athleticism there. Uh, I really I like the way he moves within the pocket. Uh, this is a guy who you can give the ball to and go for it on fourth down. I don't know. Uh, I'm really excited
0: to watch him play in this environment. I'm, I'm hoping we get some good offense. Yeah, I, 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 I couldn't help but be a, a fan myself in looking at both of the men that you just, you just described. Liam McHugh with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Liam, this isn't fair, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, if, if I would grant you just one question that you'd be able to ask your analyst in breaking down this matchup this weekend, what would it be? Ooh
1: good one uh that's a very good one let's see I would probably go with New Orleans and I think the thing for me is they are five and one they look very strong right now even with the addition they made there with Eli Apple and the fact that this league seems to be going offense crazy right now it's very offense centered does New Orleans have a defense that could win a Super Bowl and if not, what do they need to do? I think that's the biggest thing for me right now because the pieces seem to be there. Otherwise, uh, you know, while Eli Apple is a nice addition, it's not Patrick Peterson. It's, it's not shut down. It's, it'll help. It'll add depth. Uh, but, you know, I'm, I'm not convinced right now that once you get into games that are going to start to happen in late November, and then into January and games are going to be played, you know, outside potentially in some bad weather. Uh, I think some of that offense goes away. I think you have to be able to grind out games. The win over Baltimore was impressive, but I'm, I'm not sure right now. I'd love to hear what they have to say about that.
0: I hope you asked the question because I'll be tuned in. I want to hear it too. <laughs> I really want to hear what those guys <laughs> have to say. Hey, Liam, before we get done here, I do want to pull back just a little bit, kind of pull back here on the league itself. Uh, at this point in the season, what do you are the are the major headlines in the NFL as we get set to kind of end October here shortly? I
1: think you know it's weird because we started the season and I think so many of the headlines were oddly about uh, rule changes and uh, uh, you know a lot of them were clearly about the rookie quarterbacks in the league. Um, now we have a few different ones because this week specifically we're into, you know, it's been trade wild. It's, it's been the Wild West in many ways, uh, and a couple teams have been fire sales. But I think the idea is for a while there, especially in September, I go back to something that Al Michaels always says. Uh, you know, nobody knows anything, and it really felt that way about the NFL. It felt week to week like the minute you had it figured out, you turned around, and you're like, I don't know anything about this team. I thought I had them figured out. Now we're at a point where we are starting to figure it out. And I think a big thing for me is, at the beginning, we, when we thought we had it down, we thought the NFC was the stronger of the two conferences, and it felt like the AFC, uh, you know, you were one of the top two or three teams, and then there was a big drop-off. Uh, I don't know that I feel that way now, and I look at it, and I say, I look at the packs, I look at the Chiefs, And it seems to me like, you know, with Patrick Mahomes, who I think is probably the biggest story in the NFL right now, it feels like those two teams are potentially on a collision course, the AFC championship game. And I now wonder, you know, those two teams get going, keep going in the direction they're going right now. Whoever wins that game, my question is, you know, I think the big story is who's going to win that, who's going to win the AFC, and can anyone from the NFC beat them?
0: Good point. Long way to go, but those are probably dead on as we move forward. Uh, Liam, last question, uh, whether it be Sunday night football with the NFL, your work with the NHL, the Olympics, Notre Dame football, any of it. Have you picked a favorite? Do you have a love affair with any of these more than, say, the other?
1: Oh, I don't know. I mean, I will say this. It's hard to beat being on campus for college football. Uh, for a big-time college football game. That's difficult. Uh, I love that. Uh, But I think they're all different. Uh, They're all unique. They're all special. But uh, I I love being in these atmospheres, and uh, I'm excited to go to Minnesota. It's a beautiful stadium. So to me, uh, I'd have to say, while I I think I like them all equally as entities, there is something special about Saturdays on a college campus, uh, when there's a, a big-time college football matchup. Uh, that's always a great game.
0: Yeah, it really is. It's special. Liam, this was yeah. special too. What a treat. I appreciate you doing this today and, and wish you all the best in your prep this week.
1: No, thanks so much for having me on. Really appreciate
0: it. Yep, there he is, Liam McHugh, host of Football Night in America and, of course, Sunday Night Football on NBC. The Saints and the Vikings are the showcase game for the big network this week well as expected smart and insightful a great guest for us uh on this wednesday this black and blue report podcast that uh, should take you all the way until the weekend so just because uh, you're hearing this uh beyond wednesday doesn't mean that you have missed out on something we try to keep it uh fairly timeless as best you can leading up to a sunday night football game great follow on twitter it's not a ton of stuff it's just smart it's just uh, to write them out. And you can follow Liam on Twitter at Liam underscore McHugh, L-I-A-M underscore M-C-H-U-G-H. Uh, and watch for him on all things Sunday Night Football this weekend, of course the NHL, future Olympics I'm sure, and uh, Notre Dame football if you're still in college. That'll do it for us on this edition of the Black and Blue Report podcast. Thank you again for listening, and we'll wish you all the best here this rest of the week. I'm Sean Kelly. See you next time.